This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my, you got this, co-host, Free Tucker. <laughs> Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? So I'm like all fired up today because all of the emotions are going through my brain because you know what? I, and I'll, I'll admit this freely because I know all the women out there will understand. <laughs> I'm about to get my period. And I'm like, ah, everything is going like, ah. <laughs> Every little thing, guys. Every little thing. Okay. What does that mean about me? Because I feel like that almost all the time. Well, <laughs> I feel like I feel a little bit to that all the time. But like right now, like... It's so intense. Every little stressor, like just one little stressor in particular is we have a pool in our backyard. And uh, we have this great guy, Chris, who comes and cleans our pool. And he brought me in the backyard. And he's like, yeah, all the leaves are now wrecking your pool equipment. Because the backstory on that is... We have like neighbors all around us and our neighbor's trees are so thick and they're like hanging over our pool. And I love trees and I love nature. And it I, is a beautiful backyard. It is really you have beautiful. such a beautiful back. And with the I hate trees. confrontation. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't blame you. As soon as I walked in and you told me what you were talking about, I'm like, ooh, that's ah! never fun. Like, it seems like almost everybody out here in Arizona owns a pool. Yeah. And we do a lot of trees here in Arizona to try to get some shade. They're not your typical like oak trees or something you would see in the Midwest. It's a ficus. So, yeah. Big ficuses. Yeah. They're, yes. And so they shed a lot. We'll just say that. Plus the monsoon season, it's awful. So I've been there. I know what it's like having to have that conversation with the neighbor of like, hey, your trees are ruining my pool. Oh, it's hard. And you know what? The neighbor on another side of me, their tree, the root is uprooting the wall. And so oh, there's like so cracks like a in the double wall. Double whammy conversation. So I'm like, oh, so I'm gonna bake some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think 
that's not a bad idea. And then I'm going to get the cookies. I'm going to print out the photos of the trees hanging over my pool and be like, hey, I made you some cookies. By the way, <laughs> could you trim your trees, please? And then I'm going to do like a, I'm going to probably leave them at the door. Because here's the other kicker. Like, I know that the neighbor behind me, she stays home with her baby. And I don't want to wake up the baby and like ringing the doorbell to talk to them. Because I think that'll be a double whammy. Because like, point. if I wake up the baby and then I'm like, yeah, by the way, I need it's so Ooh, much. And it's hard when it's a neighbor behind you because like you don't see them coming and going. No. Like the neighbor next to you, you do. The I one do. across the street, you do, but not the one behind you. But the neighbor next to me, I've never talked to them in like three years. Every time I say hi, they like run in their house. So I don't know what I do, Brie. <laughs> And the only, the only you scare them. <laughs> oh, the only interaction I've had with them, which is so bad. But like we have, we have an upstairs on our house, and we have this like upstairs porch, and it looks into the neighbor's yard. And one night, they were jackhammering at 10 p.m., <laughs> and I had to lean over the balcony and be like, "Hey, my kids are sleeping. <laughs> Can we stop the jackhammering?" And that's really the only time I've ever talked to them interesting so it's not conversations i want to have i know the feeling i i know the feeling so it's confrontation and asking somebody about maintaining their stuff out here is good and bad sometimes so Mm. it can be rough that's why i'm gonna go with cookies for both of them all right and just taking pictures and being like here's the issue yeah just text me let me know how we want to solve this Because I'm, uh, I just don't like people hating me. But, but it's interesting. It's, uh, it, it's interesting the way that you're talking about this and, and the fear of confrontation because we're going to be talking about something on this episode that also causes people a lot of fear and anxiety. Yes. Yes. Allowance. Allowance. I'd like to call this the great allowance debate. Yes. Because like allowance, I feel we have a lot of conflicting issues on it. Because on one side, it's like kids should be paid for the work they do, just like people out in the workforce, so they know the value of a dollar. And on the other side, it's, well, they should contribute to their family, and that should be first, and the allowance could be a separate thing where they learn how to manage their money. Right. So like, I like to look at it as there's the pro-allowance side, and then there's the anti-allowance side. Well, I don't see it that way. I see it as they're both allowance. It's just how do you earn that allowance? Oh, it's interesting. So when when we get into this, I'm going to share some, uh, we put some stuff out on social media and I'm going to share the results of what we got from people. Yes. So get ready. If you have questions about allowance and you don't know where you stand, this is going to be your episode. Okay. So if you love the No Guilt Mom podcast, and let's just face it, I know you do. I I know you love us, man. Then you have got to check out our talented friend, Miss Kara Harvey. She is phenomenal and she is the host of Purpose Driven Mom Show podcast. Kara is a productivity coach for moms and mompreneurs and she helps overwhelmed moms develop systems and routines so that they can manage their time and take action on their goals. As a mom of three and a former school teacher, Kara knows exactly how important it is to have those routines and systems in her home to keep things running smoothly and she wants to help you get there too. So check out the link to the Purpose Driven Mom Show in our show notes. And now, on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. 
Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, we are talking about allowance. And I am very opinionated when it comes to allowance and chores. See, and I'm kind of wishy-washy about this. I've yep. tried a few different systems. I'm not sold on any one, so I'm not as passionate about one versus another. But I do have some things that have worked really well in my family. So, mm-hmm. And we but, have a system that I feel like works really well in our family. So. Yeah. We do. So I wanted to share this little tidbit I found when I was researching for this episode. And I want to ask you, like, you know, do you give allowance? And if you do, what do you do with that money? Do they get it as actual cash or do they get it as like, you know, a credit to use for, I don't know, like money for video games or something else? Is it chore related? Is it not chore related? Is it just for special things or big things? But there was a study that was done recently that said that 89% of parents assign chores related to their allowance for their child. Mm -hmm. But only 29% of those parents actually make sure that those chores are done before they give their kid their allowance. And that, I think, is the sticky point with allowance because that's always how I saw it. Like my experience when I was a kid with allowance, my dad made out this really complicated table where I had to check off everything and I got like a nickel for one chore and a dime for another chore. Um, God, can you imagine nickel and diming these days? Yeah. The value of a dollar. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? That chart lasted a week. Because Yeah, because you're like, forget it. There's all of these issues that come up with it, like in terms of management issues. It's like, what happens when the child's like, well, I did the chore, but I didn't mark it down. Like, are you holding a six-year-old accountable for marking down their chores? Like, Mm. even if they did it? And then when it's parent follow-up, like it's the parent's job then to check exactly like how many chores are done and what the payout is and remember to do that on a weekly basis while balancing all the other things you have to do as an adult. It is a lot. And you know what I think is interesting? One Mm -hmm. thing you said there was your experience as a kid. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us, we are not necessarily motivated, but we were definitely impacted by what we had growing up. And, And I did throw this question out on social media. I asked parents how they handled allowance in their home. We had over 100 responses. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. So like a few of them were like, parents were like, there's no allowance in my home, but they do have chores to get done. And we allow them to buy things. So in other words, like that parent was like, okay, so we don't give them allowance. They come to me and then I'll give them money to buy something if I want to, Mm -hmm. which I don't know to me. Sounds like allowance. It just, it does. But like also, okay, so when you give them money to buy something when they're allowed to, like... When does it end? Exactly, right? Because my kids would try that too. And I noticed that every time I was going to Target, I would be in a bad mood. And who wants to be in a bad mood at Target? I know, right? Target is supposed to be our Target is magical. (laughs) But they would be like asking for everything on the shelves. And there's no way for me to say no because it's the argument about like, oh, but you guys can afford it. I'm like, yeah, we can afford it, but we don't want to buy that for you. Right. Right. And then it becomes an argument versus like what they want versus what we want. And it's so, so stressful. Well, and it's also hard. I mean, quite honestly, in that scenario to figure out how much you're giving your kids and how much they're really spending. Yeah. So like, again, like all the responses I got, they were kind of crazy. So like uh, another one was, well, we do a combination in our house. They do whatever chores I give them and we pay them for getting good grades like A's and B's. And if they want to earn money, I can give them additional chores. Now that statement right there, I have a lot to unpack with that one, but I'm going to let that one go. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. 
Um, another one was that they make a small allowance for their kids that are attached to chores. And they say that it's helped their kids tremendously in figuring out how to spend and save up for money and whether or not it's worth spending money on. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view allowance. Too. Yeah. But we can go into my system. Well, mm-hmm. and then another, somebody had the same response that I was talking to Miguel about how he did allowance with his kid when he was younger. And he was saying, well, we did allowance by based on age. Mm-hmm. So every year they, they got the same dollar worth that their age was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were chores that my kid had to do in the home. But regardless, when he was 10, he got $10 a week. And then when he's 11, he got $11 a week and so on and so forth. I really liked that. I I think I need to go back to how we set up allowance and maybe do that because ah. that'll uncomplicate some things we have to, going on. All right. Yeah. So, so there's some really good options we're hearing from people on here. But yes. what I kept hearing over and over again was pretty much either yes, my kid gets allowance, or no, my kid doesn't get allowance. Mm-hmm. And attaching allowance to the chores actually getting done. Right. And I think that's the big part that people argue a lot about is mm-hmm. like whether or not you attach it to chores. Hey, all it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. So let's talk about that. So how, yes. how are chores in your house? 
So chores in my house, they both have their set chores to do each week. Mm-hmm. And it's tied to basically their family contribution. Okay. Whereas I don't hold allowance over them if they don't do their chores. But I do hold other things over okay. them. It's But it's more of a like social thing. Like if my daughter wants me to take her to the mall... I'll be like, sure, I'll take you to the mall. Like, when you unload the dishwasher, then we'll go to the mall. Okay. And so I use a lot of when thens for related to chores. So then how is allowance earned in your home? Because I'm hearing that it's not tied to chores. It's not. They just get a set amount each week. And I need to raise their allowance. (laughs) But my kids get, I believe my son is at $5 a week and my daughter's at $6 a week. Mm -hmm. And then they get a separate clothing allowance because after our interview with Ron Lieber, who wrote the book, oh my gosh, now I'm going to forget the name of the book, but we will put his his book's name in the show notes. He suggested to give kids a clothing budget and then like they have to make these choices. Oh, do I buy that Lego set or do I go without underwear? And he says it's hilarious and really great life lessons. So we started giving them a clothing budget and now my daughter has a $50 clothing budget a month, which is not too much when <laughs> like especially being about a middle school girl. Right. A middle school girl who also does have you have a split thing there because she yep. goes to a school with uniforms mm-hmm. and then she has the clothing that she wants to spend to wear on the weekend. And then she's also in dance. She's in so dance. There's and a I lot do of make things. her make buy the dance outfits, like not the costumes. I think fifty dollars a month would not cover But the rehearsal dance practice. So like, like rehearsal what you wear and every day. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. What you wear every day. And my son, we give him his clothing budget quarterly so that he can buy his stuff with that. We just started clothing budgets this year. Okay. And we saw how they worked. And we need to up their clothing budget because we did not budget enough for it. Yeah. It's funny when you're trying yeah. to just go like, well, I think we spend this much on this. Yeah, it really is hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Like you don't realize how much money you actually spend, which yeah. is great for kids to know as well. Well, and it's also hard when they're going through growth spurts, which yeah. we are both dealing with with our kids. Yeah. I mean, oh. you, you just bought something last month and now all of a sudden it doesn't fit anymore. Oh, with <laughs> dance and the point shoes. My daughter just started point, which is like a whole new world for me. But they're like $95 and they have to be perfectly fitted else like kids could really injure themselves on point if the shoes don't fit. And she had a growth spurt like a month after we bought them and now we have to buy new ones because it's and I checked at the dance store they're like it's cutting into her her Achilles she's gonna injure that I'm like darn it all (laughs) darn it all (laughs) honey how much do you really want to keep doing ballet let's just talk about (laughs) she does she'd rather drop out of ballet but she likes all the other (laughs) dance (laughs) oh my gosh oh my god what about your house okay so in my house it has gone through a lot of transitions and I would say the biggest thing that impacts the way that we handle chores and allowance right now is the fact that I am am a divorced mom with 50-50 custody. So because of that, okay, so allowance used to be tied to chores. But then what I found happened as they got older and they started doing more things, like my daughter had volleyball practice and then they had church youth group they wanted to go to. And, you know, my son might have like a big project that he's working on that he's got to get done. I only get one weekend with them and then they go to their dad's house. So if something doesn't get done right when they're with me for the weekend, I can't just say we'll get it done next weekend. Mm -hmm. So I 
used to tie allowance to chores. I don't anymore because I just didn't feel like it was fair. It was causing them stress and me stress. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, like I have a million other things to do. Yeah. And so did they. And I didn't want to cause more stress. So they get a flat allowance of like $20 a month. Mm -hmm. And I do remind them that they need to get their chores done if they have forgotten. Like they do get to pick the day they're going to do it. And for those of you guys that have listened before, you know that in our household, everybody picks their chores. We have a family meeting. We list all the chores that need to be done and everybody picks what they want to have as their responsibility. Which is what we do as well. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have chores that they have to do. They have their everyday stuff like, you know, got to make up your bed, got to put your stuff away, got to empty the dishwasher. And then they have their weekly chores like my daughter has to wash the dog it has to dust the house and blah, 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 blah. But they get their $20 a month and that's what it is. Now, here's the only crappy part about it. Because I get them every other week and it's not always like works out exactly sometimes they forget to give them their allowance okay so here's what here's what i do for that because that was my problem too i was doing like this all cash system where it was like dollar bills and they would separate it into the jars of like save spend and then donate i was not that good i i was that good for like i got like a hundred dollar bills from the bank so i was good about as long as that stack of dollar bills lasted but then when i ran out i'm like oh crap i have to go back to the bank and then i never did and then i'm like well this system is not working in my lifestyle. So what I found it does is that I have spreadsheets for both of them for their allowance. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I both have access to these spreadsheets so that anytime my kids want to buy something, we go into the spreadsheet and we put that in the spreadsheet that they bought it for this amount and it's automatically deducted from their allowance bank account. And then the weekly allowance, it's just a spreadsheet formula. So if I forget a week, I'm just like, I take the row and I just go whoop and I fill it in and it's there. So it works out well for us. And we also are able to give them interest in that spreadsheet. So they get 4%. They get a really good interest rate. They get 4% interest on like the amount they have in the quote unquote bank. So if they keep their allowance in there longer, they actually accrue a lot of money in interest. Okay, so I have an interesting question. Have you ever thought about opening a bank account for them? I, they're not old enough. They weren't old enough for like a debit card or anything like that. And the way, since they're not old enough for a debit card, I couldn't easily take out the money when they wanted to buy something. And okay. so that would have made it harder. Okay. Once like my daughter is old enough and she's going to be old enough very, very soon for a debit card, then mm-hmm. I'll be transferring it all over to her. Now, how come it has to be a debit and not a savings account? Because again, it comes back to you having to go to the bank. Yeah. It's me okay. having to go to the bank and me having to rearrange all that money. And that's just something that I don't think teaches my kids at that point. Because it's, it's just, all on you. It's all on me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not all on you keeping track of the spreadsheet though? No, because they do it right there with us. So like, okay. I can pull that okay. up on my phone. And so I'm you like, bring okay. them in and they have to help do it. Yeah. Okay, and they'll it. ask me, they'll be like, how much do I have in my bank account? I'm like, oh, let's just see. Here you go. This is how much you have. And here's what you have to spend. And, okay. And then they can make their own decisions when they're at Target and want all the things if they're going to need clothes later or if they are going to buy. Right. I think that's a really good mm-hmm. system. So like one thing that we talked about that I alluded to earlier and said, we'll talk about it later. And you and I both feel very passionately about this. Mm-hmm is the whole thought process. And I do tie this into allowance, by the way. I think that this is something that people view as as an allowance type thing. Paying for grades. Can't do it. Can't do it either. I can't do it. It's like... And there's so many reasons so, yeah, why. Well, let's share. Let's share. Just like, now, now, we're not saying it's bad if you do. Every family does what you need to do. But these are our reasons as to why we don't do them. It's not a motivator 
for kids to do well in school. Like if we're talking about motivation and we talk about extrinsic motivation, which is getting rewards and prizes for doing something and paying for grades is very much an extrinsic motivator. And as long as that motivator exists, that paying for grades, then kids will will do it. But as soon as that motivator disappears, the kid's motivation disappears. It's not like you're teaching them to actually find interest in the material or actually like, you know, become involved in their education instead of just trying to get a good grade. And it also adds a bit of stress to kids because if they're having problems with a teacher or whatever, trying to get that A or B is going to be really hard. And that's how it is in the real world too. Like it's asking for that perfection that, you know, is very stressful to attain. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Right, right. And you know, it's interesting because we've had Ned Johnson on the show, who is a co-author of The Self-Driven Child. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that in his book, too, about how like they, they don't really work in the long run. They don't work in the long you, run. You have to have your child be self-driven. Yeah. So I come from it from a two-pointer. That as well, same as you, that like it's putting money towards grades. And if they don't manage to get that grade, then I feel like it puts like an unnecessary amount of stress on them. And it's also, like you said, not teaching them to really work hard for themselves. Yeah. They're working hard for the cash bonus, which in life, you don't always get a cash bonus. Like, let's you just don't. be honest. Like, you don't. I've had lots of great jobs in my life and never, ever have I had a job that 
gave me a cash bonus for what I was able to export. But then again, I worked in the social field. And also, if we we (laughs) think about grades, too, we have to think about, well, how are those grades attained? Well, first of all, they're very subjective. Like, it's usually the teacher, like, grading something based on, like, their criteria, which may or may not represent what the real world finds useful. So testing, for instance, and multiple choice testing. I mean, how many times do you take a multiple choice test when you're an adult? Right. You don't. And it doesn't encourage those critical thinking skills and problem solving skills that are messy and that can't be put like a grade cannot be put on problem solving or grappling (laughs) with a challenge. And there's going to be so much failure associated with like grappling with the challenge, but it's such good failure. And that doesn't come out in grades. So I totally hear that. My other reasons why I don't do cash for Mm -hmm. grades are one, being a single mom, I just didn't have like that extra money in the budget. I mean, some weeks it was hard enough just to give Mm -hmm. them an allowance to be able to give them an amount that would be worth it for their grades. Because let's just be honest, when you've got like a a kid that's in like fourth, fifth grade up, they don't want five bucks for an A. No, they expect more than that. It's demeaning. Right. And I just didn't have it in my budget. And I felt awful like trying to say like, well, I'll give you five bucks for an A. And then my kid would be like, well, I get five bucks for my allowance. If you're feeling like that right now, know that you do not have to give money for grades. Right. No, that's no. it. And I think it's, again, in our family, it, I just didn't see the benefit of it. It's a value that we have that we do not place on the letter grade. Yeah. We, we try to place it on the effort. And we do have a lot of discussions. Like last year, I had my first bout with one of my kiddos getting C's and yeah. a D. Oh my God, never saw a D before in a report card. That was a lot for me to unpack. And then also like really question myself and then talking to my kid about, you know, were you putting in the effort? What was going on? Long story short, came to find out that my kid was struggling, but they didn't want to ask for help. Yeah. And and, and I think that's one of the like yeah. downsides of paying for grades, because if they don't get the letter grade, you're like, oh my gosh, you just don't get your money. And you, you don't get a chance to get down into that. Okay, so what's going on? Because I think like grades in school have been looked at for so long that, mm-hmm. oh, you just didn't work hard enough. Right. When really there's so much more going on and so much that we can help our kids with if we take away that shame. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like one thing that kind of like talking about where we're at on this one, I'm definitely pro allowance. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that kids learn from that. And I think it's also interesting because I think your perspective changes as your children become more independent. Mm -hmm. Right. Like so I definitely look at the lessons my kids are learning with allowance, much different now that they are going out and going shopping with their friends. Oh, yeah. Right? And like now that my son is in high school, like, yeah. We've been doing allowance for like three to four years. I can't remember how long. But like my daughter actually knows the value of things. Before we did allowance, she'd just be like, oh, get me that. Get me that. I want that. I want that. And then when we put it in her control, she's like, oh, my gosh, 30 bucks for a sweatshirt. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Because she knew the impact it would make on her allowance. And it's funny. We both have our oldest kids are like, yeah, no, it's my money. And they don't want to spend it on anything. Yeah. Like as soon as you bring it up to like, well, you can buy it yourself. They're like, nope, never mind. Keeping it in the bank. Yeah. And, and then our youngest, youngest are like, I have a dollar. Let's spend <laughs> it. I have a dollar. I have a dollar. What can I buy? Which, what can I buy? Oh, my. So I was thinking about that the other day because I'm reading Michelle Borba's book, Thrivers. And I'm like, that has to do a little bit with self-control. And I'm like, oh. 
oh, I may need to work with some self-control and delayed gratification with my son. That's a very good point. That's really a delayed gratification thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we can have this discussion now because now I have the the like verbiage to have it around instead of just like you should save your money instead it'll be like hey what's really important is if we'd like delay the things that make us happy so we get like bigger things in the future and a bigger reward right so let's practice delaying that (laughs) I think it's very very interesting so like an example of something that's coming up here like our daughters are taking a trip with their Girl Scout troop Mm -hmm. they're uh, going to be going on a trip and we had to provide them with some money and I gave my daughter all of her money in gift cards Mm -hmm. and I I did tell her, okay, look, you're going on this trip. I'm not going to be there. You've got other adults that are there, but they're not going to be monitoring this gift card. So if I were you, I would really keep track of this because there is nothing more embarrassing than getting up to that checkout counter and handing them your card and they go, I'm sorry, it's declined. There isn't enough But money. what a great life lesson. It is, it is. So I'm kind of hoping that she gets to that. But she, as soon as I told her that, her eyes got real big and she's like, oh, you're right. Oh, so, my daughter, well, I'm going on this trip because I'm the troop leader. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so like when we order food, you're going to get me stuff. And I'm like, Nope. I'm nope. giving you your money beforehand. You are taking care of it yourself. Right, right. Like, so like, it's fine. I could have given her cash, but honestly, I wanted to see my daughter be able to maintain it with a little bit more thought. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be honest, guys, I'm being a little bit sneaky and mean. No, like, that's I could, not mean. Well, I I'm just saying, I could have given her cash. And even for me, cash is way easier to keep track of. I think this is the things that makes parenting enjoyable. And by the way, okay, they're going to Disney. So by the way, <laughs> Disney gives you a receipt with your gift card balance every time you make a purchase. Ah, uh, but I also gave her a Visa gift card. Oh, but okay. I think I think that one will probably come back with the balance. But yeah. either way, she's got to figure this she's out. Got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a very good lesson for her on learning about that cash management. So kind of looking back at this, I think that our main thing to take away is that we both feel like allowance is helpful in our it's house. It's helpful, and all of, like the money. A lot of the money experts agree with us. Not all of them like Dave Ramsey and Susie Cruz are totally against this so if you follow Dave Ramsey you'll be like what are they talking about however however all of the child psychologists we've talked to are for this (laughs) separating allowance from chores Ron Lieber who's a journalist for the New York Times money and I remember the book the opposite of spoiled there we go new spoiled was in the title I'm like I can see it with the three jars he he suggests this method of separating it from chores. So I guess the big thing we're coming back to is that we see the positive benefit of the life skills you're teaching your children by giving them money management. It's going to be hard for them to get that skill if they don't receive it on a regular basis, such as an allowance type setting. Yeah. But for your family, you're going to have to decide what your values are going forward. But hopefully we presented some information now for you to kind of like food for thought about, Mm -hmm. do I really want to tie it to chores? Do I not want to tie it to chores? And bringing it back to that study where 89% of parents assign chores, but only 29% make sure the chores got done. So are you sending those mixed messages by saying it's tied to chores, but then the chores aren't getting done? And so now you feel like your kids are taking advantage of you. So if you're having all those feelings, which I would. would. Oh, well, I'm thinking to myself, not only mixed messages. What am I teaching my kids? I'm teaching my kids that if... uh, you keep me distracted enough, you can get away with doing stuff that... Which uh, I think my kids already know. I know, but me. I don't want to encourage They're it. like, look, mom, a squirrel. And I'm like, what? We're <laughs> <laughs> both like, what? Yeah. So yeah, so when it comes to allowance, you're going to do what you need to do what's best for your family. But we we do highly encourage it. At, from the no guilt mom side, we think that there's a lot of life skills that you can teach your children with them. And it, it's a real positive. And we both are... The thing yeah. we definitely agree on is 
not paying for grades and not, not paying, paying for, for chores paying necessarily. Chores. But they should yeah. have chores. Yes, they should have chores. They should have chores. Just not connected. Yeah. yeah, teacher's responsibility. And hey, it shouldn't all be on your shoulders. No, it shouldn't. In that household. As much as you can offload to your kids to manage, the better. And if you want a little bit more help with the chores situation, our course, Calm and Happy Parenting, teaches you the five-step method to delegate more to your family. So definitely check that out. And uh, we'll put that link in the show notes. So remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.